What's coming next for, for Odyssey, if you can share already? What, what are the plans for it? What else are you going to teach people about in this fantastic way? Yeah, so one of the most highly requested courses is a Federation course. So that's going to be the next one out very soon. We're just about to release into early access. So that'll be closed for now until we get some feedback and then we'll record the videos and release it to the general public. So very excited about that course. And then developers who complete that course will be awarded the professional level certification. So the second certification in our series. And then from there, you know, like everything we do uh, on my team is just kind of linked back to developer feedback. We've gotten a lot of requests for like advanced client courses, also like advanced server courses on, you know, caching and auth. Mobile is another area where I think we're going to see some explosive growth in the next one to two years. We've been seeing just massive adoption of our iOS and Kotlin clients. And so we're looking into how we can craft a really awesome mobile experience for Odyssey. It's a little bit difficult because of the way that we run our code challenges right now. We do their like serverless function uh, with Netlify, which works really great for JavaScript, but not so much for like iOS and Kotlin. So we're just trying to figure out how we can maintain the quality there and still provide a really awesome experience for mobile developers. If anyone has feedback on courses that they want to see, you can just like reach out to me on Twitter or drop a line in the Odyssey feedback survey. We literally read every single one. So yeah, we want to hear from you what you want to learn next. Yeah, there's so many good developer resources out there. Back when GraphGill was just starting, you know, people were relying more on tutorials and blog posts and workshops. And it's so cool to see just the proliferation of content and so many different mediums, too. Not everyone's a video person. Not everyone's a reading type. Most people are do it or, you know, they want to get their hands dirty. So with like so many new developers learning GraphQL, like what do you think the hardest part is now understanding the stack? Like where do people get tripped up the most, do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it kind of depends on where you're coming into the GraphQL ecosystem from, right? So maybe you are a client developer and there's already a graph at your company. And so you're kind of figuring out, okay, how can I connect my app to the graph? That's maybe a different set of concerns where, you know, if you're a developer at a company that doesn't have a graph and now you're, you know, building your first schema and you are trying to connect that to your app. So like, that's a different set of concerns. I think there are always kind of the evergreen topics like caching and security and auth that tend to trip people up. Not because there aren't solutions, because there certainly are, but because there's like maybe a lot of outdated like blog posts and just like opinions and in, in the the general broader, you know, um, JavaScript ecosystem that like you can't do caching with GraphQL or like GraphQL is in, insecure. You know what I mean? So um, I think, you know, maybe some of those like outdated opinions can send learners down the down the wrong path. So yeah, I think, you know, it, it really just depends like where you're coming into it from, what are the main concerns from for you? And then that kind of influences like how you learn GraphQL and, and your journey going forward. That makes a ton of sense. Um, I've never actually thought about the different personas going into GraphQL. It's fascinating to hear that you thought, obviously you have, uh, that's it's your job, right? But <laughs> it's really fascinating to hear. One more question about this education community topic. 
how have you seen the community shift? If you think back to the very early days of, of your Major League Soccer first GraphQL experience to now, what have been the biggest changes that you've observed um, if you compare those two experiences? And, and what do you think is coming next for the GraphQL community? Yeah, so I think when I first started out, like things still felt a little bit like bleeding edge. There were, you know fewer companies like doing it in production and making it like their entire company strategy. There was a lot of like tribal knowledge being passed down through blog posts and like conference talks and GitHub issues. Um, so, you know, I think the community and the, the ecosystem was maybe a little bit more fragmented, a little bit more experimental. But that was also really fun and exciting too. And, and I think it allowed a lot of innovation to take shape. Now we're seeing such an explosive growth in the GraphQL ecosystem that it's not just coming from the you know JavaScript and React developers anymore, right? We're seeing more mobile developers who are interested in the graph. We're seeing more backend developers who might not be you know familiar with the JavaScript and the React ecosystem, but they're you know coding in Kotlin or Python and Ruby, and now they're getting really excited about the graph as well. We're seeing more DevOps folks getting excited about the graph and seeing what it can do for their company. We're seeing more you know engineering leaders and like uh, directors and VPs like investing in the graph and making it their engineering org strategy after hearing how you know companies like Netflix and Walmart and Expedia and PayPal have all had such success with the graph. So I think we're like entering a new phase of maturity where, you know, it's not just like this bleeding edge experimental thing anymore. Real companies are investing in it, having success. There's so much innovation and excitement happening in the ecosystem and I can only see it growing and taking shape even more in the, in the years to come. Yeah, it used to be the wild, wild west back then oh, yeah. <laughs> on what to do on your day one and uh, which libraries to use, which people to listen to. And now, you know, there's GraphQL for Java, Go, and iOS and Android, which back then you'd kind of have to hack together with like your own HTTP clients. <laughs> totally. So it's crazy. We're not even in that naive world anymore. We're in this kind of stable world. And I guess the future is just more people versus more things that are innovating as much. It's just more ubiquity is probably where we're headed. And I think that's such a bright future for your company, for all companies that are involved with GraphQL and cough, cough, graph CDN for caching and stuff. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> just touching on your point of like people, Abby, I think we're going to see more GraphQL adoption from not just developers, right? I've heard from like designers who are using like GraphQL data, like in their Figma mockups and like product managers who are using Explorer to just like create queries without writing any code, right? So I think we're also not only going to see just more developers gravitating to the graph, but also just like anyone who's like technology adjacent starting to understand like what the graph can do for their roles as well. Kind of preaching to the choir, but I would concur. I think GraphQL is just going to keep growing. It's awesome for a reason. Yeah. 